Welcome to Ladies of Golf with me, Abby Liebenthal, a For the Ladies podcast. Welcome to a special episode of Ladies of Golf. And today we have five of our Scotland For the Ladies Golf Getaway trip travelers, people who went on this adventure. Um, it was a week long experience and they went, they were kind of our guinea pigs for the very first international golf getaway. Um, and I am so excited to get to ask them for their advice and their questions and, um, just have them share their experience of being on an international golf adventure. So I am going to have each of them introduce themselves. And when you introduce yourself, state your name, the city you reside in, and how long you've been playing golf. Um, so I'm going to start with Rebecca. Panic at a calculating the years. I'm Rebecca Peichel. I live in St. Paul, Minnesota, and I've been playing golf since I was 12. So I think that's 22 years. Great. Um, yeah, math doesn't matter. Uh, um, Lindsay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Lindsay. Uh, I live in New York um, in Manhattan, and I've been playing golf uh, since I was about 10, so around 25 years. Amazing. And Ariel? I'm Ariel. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I've been playing golf for two years. Amazing. Two and and Kelly... We'll we'll try you again, maybe. Hi, I'm uh, Kelly Sorfleet. I live in Chicago, Illinois, and I have been golfing for two years. Amazing. So we have like a huge range. range. I'm I'm sorry. I think I'm echoing. I'm thinking my. So just put yourselves on mute if you're not talking. I know it might be kind of hard. Um, Snowy, if you would like to introduce yourself, welcome back. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm Neus, um, aka Snowy. My name doesn't travel well. Um, I live in Barcelona, Spain, and I started playing golf when I, I think when I was around eight, so over 20 years now. Yes. Now, I apologize for putting somebody on the spot. I'm going to put Lindsay on the spot. Lindsay, can you recall kind of like what the itinerary was for our trip? Uh, yes, I can. So uh, what we did was we flew into Edinburgh and then we went up to St. Andrews Um the first day we got to play, um, oh, now I'm going to screw up. I'm sorry. I got nervous of what I was going to say. <laughs> Can we do somebody else? <laughs> yeah. D- does anybody else want to help edit it, right? <laughs> Yeah. The first day we played Crail, um, okay. we went and played Carnoustie. Uh, we played Dumbarney, which is a new course, King's Barnes, which is also a new, newer course. And after that, we played Glen Eagles and people um, sprinkled into there, got to play the old course. Perfect. Um, and so obviously for a lot of you, it was a, I mean, it was a big trip regardless for anybody who goes, you know, across the country or um, across the globe. So what were some, I think Kelly, did you reach out about packing tips? So what, how did that go for you? What did you pack? What did you think that like you needed versus what you didn't? So this felt like the most impossible packing mission of my entire life. Um, I'm really used to wearing just skirts and a polo in the hot summer in Chicago. 
and looking up the weather in Scotland was just, it could be rainy, it could be cold, it could be windy, it could be really hot, it could be humid. So uh, the resource that you sent me was really helpful and just pack layers, be prepared for anything. Um, and then the the goodie bag that we got with the rain gear was obviously very helpful. I'd never had rain gear before. Um, so I, <laughs> yeah, so I ended up buying a lot of clothes for this. I wore mostly pants the whole time. I had uh, long sleeves that worked for warm weather, cold weather, and just like a simple sweater over. I It became my thing that I wore a sweater vest. So that was that's what most of my pictures are, me in a sweater vest on these crazy golf courses. Um, the fun thing was, is if I felt I didn't have anything, all the merch at the courses was phenomenal. So I spent way too much money on merch. <laughs> I love it. Lindsay, did you feel like you overpacked anything or were you kind of like just ready to go? No, I'm one of the worst packers. I always underpack. Um, I only brought skirts. I brought one pair of pants, um, nothing warm <laughs> at all. And it was perfect because it was actually really hot and sunny. Um, but I really just lucked out. Uh, in most circumstances, I think I actually would have been in a lot of trouble. So yeah, it looked like you guys had really nice weather. Um, it like I was shocked by you know we went to Bandon Dunes and got like sprayed on for four days in a row. So this was quite a nice change from that. Um, so no, I'm glad it was great. I wanted to kind of read this really quick about Lynx Golf, and then was going to have you guys chime in. So this is from the Fried Egg, which is a golf publication. Um, so Lynx Land begins with a collision between sea and rock, which creates sand. Strong winds move the sand and disperse it into beaches. And grains of sand run into obstacles. They become they come to rest in hummocks, which are like humps. Um, the longer these landforms survive, the more vegetation they can support. So turf grass like bent or fescue build up. Um, the rumpled topography becomes stronger, more fixed in place, and a golf-friendly system of sand dunes may emerge. So that's a very like lengthy way to describe how Lynx golf courses come together. Um, but had any of you played Lynx golf before? Has Snowy, had you played Lynx golf before? Yeah, so this was actually my second trip to Scotland. I was there with my brother when I was 17. So it was, I actually played Kingsburns and Carnoustie before, and then the new course. Um, so I kind of knew how to play around, but I mean, only one, one other trip. Yes. Yeah. And Ariel, you came with us to Bandon. Um, did it feel any recognizable to that or how different then was it from playing in Atlanta? I mean, honestly a lot different than Atlanta for sure. But, um, that, that kind of goes without saying it obviously wasn't, you know, 92 degrees and <laughs> humid. Um, but I think the best preparation that we could have gotten was going to Bandon because there's no such thing as bad weather once you've played at Bandon. Um, so the rainstorms were totally forgiving, totally easy to deal with. I think we maybe got one day of a 20 minute downpour and that was fine. Um, for me still as kind of a beginner golfer, uh, I struggled learning how to play over there. And I think by the time we left, I had just settled into it just enough to come back home and have to relearn how to play here. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I haven't 
played overseas. Um, I haven't played in the UK, but it felt so like women tend to have ball flights that are lower. And so did you like Rebecca, for example, did you feel like the way you played golf worked well for you there or what kind of game do you have? Yeah, I think so. I tend to have a little bit higher ball flight um, than some, but if you can learn to hit a bump and run shot or learn to just swing sort of shoulder to shoulder, especially when the wind is up, you can keep your ball down and your caddy when you're on a course will help you immeasurably and tell you, Hey, aim at that hill <laughs> and like, you know, hit it, hit it towards that, that direction. And you're going to see something cool happen. And then so if you, if you hit that shot and it goes where you kind of wanted it to go, um, a lot of times you can bank it off of something and roll up onto a green, you'll putt from a lot further, um, away than you ever thought you would, or you might bump up a hybrid onto the green as a chip instead of a, a wedge. And if you really embrace that, and it's so easy to want to try to flop, the ball um, and and just pull wedge. But if you embrace that, you'll see your ball react in ways that you you never see um, in the U.S. Maybe um, a little bit at like Sweetens Cove or a little bit at Bandon. Uh, but the wind there is is such a factor. I think links to me um, is really a combination of luck and uh, and and playing the course and playing the conditions. Um, if I can add something, I was really just touched there when you were reading what Andy had written about links, because the other big thing that I noticed when I was playing these courses is really, as he said, it is the link between the sea and the, the town and the village that that course is a part of. And people will be walking through the courses um, and the public will be walking along the course, you know, with their dogs and the link between is such a is such a fascinating concept because it really feels like it's a much bigger part of the community and you really um to me when I was out playing a lot of these courses I I felt like we were somewhere special and that it was a part of the whole um community of where we were um and so just really embracing it well, regardless of what the conditions are we happen to have really nice conditions so we grew there but um learning to live within that, that ecosystem is a really Go ahead, cool Kelly. Yeah. I felt so at home playing links courses and I had played a links adjacent course. It's not technically links, um, but it's along the water. It's rolling hills. It's crazy bunkers. My shot is naturally very low and just, in Scotland, it rolled. In Chicago public courses, it stops right in front of me, and it's so disappointing. So to see the length at which my ball would actually go when I know it can go that far was really cool. And another thing is, is I have the chipper ping club in my bag, yes. so that was just blew my caddies away. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, so I think maybe in Europe we are more used to play this kind of courses. So like. I live in Barcelona and we don't have really like links course, but when we competed like um, in an amateur level, we have lots of courses in the North Spain from where Sebi was from, for example. And I think that even when we are like practicing and we have like um, these teaching sessions and um, they get us like to learn how to play stingers or how to roll the ball. So for me, it was like really fun because it's, I know it was in my skill set, but I didn't have to use that like for, for so many years. So as they said, you know, first day, maybe it's a little bit tougher, 
But then you get to know like, oh, my ball is rolling, I don't know, 20 plus yards or I have to do this bump and run and no, not just like this flop shot. So I think it was like really, really nice. And obviously the history that surrounds. So I remember all the opens and friends that play there. So it's something special. And also playing like coming back to town because you have lots of courses that are like next to the, to the towns. I think it's mm-hmm. something like pretty special. No, it's beautiful. I was going to ask you guys, um, cause I noticed on the first day of arrival, you know, just to kind of like deal with jet lag and, and wait for everybody to arrive. You guys walked around, um, St. Andrews and the old course specifically. Um, for those who don't know, does somebody want to share just like how it opens up kind of as a, as a park, like Rebecca had mentioned? So on Sundays, it's completely um, closed and open to the public. Now Mm. it's open to the public as kind of a thoroughfare. It's a regular road every day of the week still. Um, But on Sunday, it's completely closed. They move the flag off of the green and put it in the fairway on 18 um, to discourage people from uh, rolling putts on the green, which we absolutely did uh, (laughs) respectfully on the fairway. Uh, but, um, it's really, really a special thing to see how just kind of like Rebecca mentioned earlier, how everything can kind of come together and be part of the town. And of course, my favorite part was, uh, dogs for days, dogs off leash, dogs on the course, dogs looking for balls. You know, it was incredible. Um, but that was a really special thing to be there on a Sunday and arrive and kind of get to get a feel and a lay of the land kind of with everyone else around the town. So if you do go, it's pretty neat to arrive on a Sunday. Love it. Love it. Well, I'm going to have, um, again, you guys go around the horn. Would love for you to share, um, who was your favorite caddy and what course was that at? Um, because I know there's a lot to be said about caddies, but I'd rather just focus on like, why was somebody your favorite? Um, and I'm sure there are some other entertaining stories to share. I've already heard a few of them. So, um, Lindsay, I'm going to start with you. Um, my favorite caddy that I had, um, was at King's Barn and, uh, his name was Luke. And I think he was my, I love them all, to be honest. I had a great luck with my caddies. Um, but why he was my favorite was because he was taking chances with me. And so kind of back to your last question, but he, um, I drove my shot pretty far and then it was about a hundred yards from the hole. And he's like, we're going to putt this. And I'm like, we're not putting this. <laughs> but he convinced me to do it because you know, I was going to trust him. And he runs up probably like 60 yards, 30 yards right of the hole. And he's like, just try aim for me, hit me. And so I eventually trusted him and did it. And it ended up 10 feet from the hole. So it was just like him just being like, let's do it. Let's have fun. Let's go crazy. And it was just a really fun experience. And I'd never had a caddy before. So that also was a very cool experience. I feel like for the ladies trips are when people get their first caddy experience because that happens very often. And I love that you then also had that in Scotland. So very awesome. Um, Snowy, who was your favorite? So my favorite was Eric from Glen Eagles, which was kind of weird because in our group, we had like very different experiences at Glen Eagles. They have like quite a shortage of caddies in some courses and it's difficult to get like really good ones. So mine ended up like forgetting for the, for the whole group, which was nice. 
But it was nice because once we got to know a little bit my games, same as um, Lindsay mentioned, he was like, okay, just go for it. And I was like, I'm not seeing this. <laughs> it's like, no, no, um, don't worry. Try to get to that spot. And we put together like a quite nice round. Um, I was, I think, the only one that I have, like, so I have caddies in, I think it was four courses. And in two courses, I did it like with the scorecard, but it was because I wanted to um, challenge myself and yeah. see um, if I could, you know, play with a scorecard and yardage again. So it was a nice experience to have both, I guess. I love that. That's great. Uh, Rebecca, how about you? Um, I'm going to try not to mention all my caddies because they were all pretty great. Uh, oh, but good. <laughs> I think um, Ariel and I had caddies on the old course who were friends. And I don't know if I've ever laughed so much uh, during around Fraser and Dan. Uh, they were rock stars. And um, but I have to mention uh, my caddy, John, at Glen Eagles. I believe he might be 78 to 82 years old. He was telling me a story of when he was a boy, he saw Ben Hogan at the Open Championship, and that was in 1953. And so the math was the math was mathing, but Glen Eagles is a tough course to walk, and it was his second bag of the day. But um, I asked, and a lot of times on these trips, we ask, do you prefer to caddy for men or women? And I will say unequivocally, Every caddy I've ever talked to says, I prefer to caddy for women. Um, but John said, you know, I, I generally prefer to caddy for men. And I just asked him why. And, you know, he's just said he's more comfortable with men. And, and I respect that. He was very, like, polite about it. But he was a wonderful caddy for me. He carried me mentally, emotionally <laughs> through that round. Um, and by the end of the round, he said... You know, the lady and the caddy shot, uh, the caddy shack had looked at him with glee and said, you know, John, you get to caddy for a group of women. And I think he thought, oh, great. Uh, but he he looks at me and he had a big smile on his face and he said, I'm going to go back and I'm going to tell her when I'm I'm here tomorrow that I had a great time with the ladies. And so Again. just out here changing hearts and minds. But um, they were all the caddies were just so fantastic that we we worked with. So. Gooder makes sunglasses that start at $25 and they don't slip, don't bounce, and are 100% polarized. I just wore mine around Augusta National all day during the Augusta National Women's Amateur, and when the temperatures picked up in the afternoon, they didn't accumulate any sweat or cause me issues on the course. I've been getting so many compliments on the pair that I packed, which are the, I have these on vinyl too. They're a circular shape and come in hunter green. As you've heard us talk about, Gooder sunglasses come in so many different shapes and sizes. And if you find the style that's perfect for you, you can simply pick them up in a few colors. So if you want to support the show and gear up for the spring, shop at gooder.com forward slash FTL and use promo code FTL for free shipping. Now back to our conversation. I have two that I have to mention. Uh, Dougie at Dumbarney was just a godsend. He, he took the time to just like understand my game and like not too aggressively either. Like he could tell that we were just there to have fun and to like play these crazy courses. Um, so I really enjoyed my time with him so much so that he gave me his card and he's like, anytime you want to come back, you let me know. I'm, I know members at St. Andrews that can help out just a phenomenal guy. And then I think his name was Jamie at Glen Eagles, <clears throat> which 
that was what the fifth round for me and my feet, my dog, the dogs were barking. I did not want to walk up and down all those hills. And it was just like, oh, and it was raining. Um, but he, he challenged me the most. Like he noticed how low my, my drive goes. And he was like, try tweaking this, try to lift it a little bit more. And just like, really like took the time to like tweak things here and there, but not like too much where it was annoying. He had me swing my chipper club full force for the first time. And we just stood there just like applauding, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Um, yeah, he, he was phenomenal. I really had mostly great caddies. Um, of course the hardest course that we played, I didn't have the greatest caddy, but that it doesn't matter. It was still a phenomenal round regardless. What was the, what did you consider the hardest course? Carnoustie. Just everybody's eyes just let up like (laughs) physically (laughs) got it and ariel how about you for me it was the second time and it didn't get better so (laughs) (laughs) noted um it's kind of seeming like it was glen eagles across the board here um i absolutely loved my caddy there and i had a unique experience that day um we had a lot of girls get on the old course that day so our groups were um a little bit cattywampus and that was like the day when as kelly said uh people were hurting and we were on a very very hilly course that day so um two of my foursome dropped out and so um then the other person i was playing with was playing from a different set of tees so i was by myself essentially and we had the time of our lives he just kept the vibes going we were behind a group who had um maybe not as fun of caddies and you know we were kind of messing around with them and kind of just saying like hey if we're not out here to have fun then what are we doing um but yeah he dialed into my game really quickly and just really picked up on how I like to play which is to not take things too seriously um and to you know try something new uh every once in a while and actually that was the one and only time I actually um ended up making a birdie on a hole there. And I, you know, it was, it was pretty exciting, especially because it was a little bit of a dreary day when we played there. And, um, it was, it was a really great experience. And from what it sounds like, everyone had a pretty good experience caddy wise, at least at Glen Eagles, even though the course is pretty, pretty tough. (laughs) Right. Right. That is interesting. No, I'm glad it all just like sounds so magical. Um, the one thing I wanted to ask about was just like, what did a day in the life look like? Um, you know, I know that most of the courses weren't like incredibly far, but just like, what did a day in the life on a golf trip to Scotland kind of look like? Rebecca, you're nodding a lot. So I'm going to have you kind of start us off. Uh, well, we woke up at the Russex hotel, um, went outside, smelled the air coming off of the 18th of St. Andrews. No, I'm kidding. But you could have. And it was <laughs> literally the hotel was right off of the 18th hole at St. Andrews and the first. Um, breakfast at the hotel was fantastic. And so we had breakfast at the hotel every day. Um, there was a little bit of variation between whether we had a morning round, which we would just leave right away, or um, it, more of an late morning, afternoon round. Um, there was a couple of days that we had time to go into St. Andrews. Um, some of us chose to do a walking tour, which I would highly, highly recommend. St. Andrews is a 
super historic town. Um, there's also, we walked down one morning to the botanical garden, um, a lot of things to just go see and to walk around to right within the town. Uh, and then we had the best bus driver in the world, Robbie. So you were so excited to go back and get your clubs and go hop on the bus with Robbie. Um, he stocked that bus up with water and snacks and, uh, some tenants, which is a, a Scotland lager and had us, um, rolling through the countryside, happy as could be, um, to our course. And then when we got there, we usually had enough time to shop. Um, go to the range. Quite a few of the courses that we went to did have a driving range, um, but a lot of courses in Scotland don't. Uh, so that's just one thing to note. You'll have a place to putt um, pretty much everywhere and maybe take a couple of chips, but your warm-up routine might be a little bit different. Uh, we played our round and then uh, in the evenings, definitely recommend um, if we didn't have one of the group dinners, um, make reservations because St. Andrews is a pretty busy town, especially if you have a group um, of more than like two or maybe four, um, get a reservation to get into the places that you want. So we had uh, a lot of great group um, group dinners and, you know, maybe spent a little time in the Dunvegan, went to the pub, had a, had a couple, had one for the ditch and uh, rinse and repeat the next day. Yeah. No, heard all about Robbie and him saving sheep. And I heard about the ditch situation. Fabulous. Warmed our hearts. <laughs> um, well, I have to know because I also saw a ton of amazing pictures of food that everybody ate at each of the courses. So I'm going to also go around the horn. And if you want to share your favorite um, food that you had at the turn, Lindsay, I'm going to pick on you. Sure. I'm, I'm going to go with the sausage rolls. I think Kelly might be in the same boat as me here. <laughs> sausage rolls for life. <laughs> Love it. Um, snowy. I would say the same. Funny thing is that in Spain, we don't have like halfway house. So for me, like oh. everything was new. We only have like in a couple of more commercial courses. So, but yeah, sausage roll team all day long. You were in good company. We all uh, really appreciate food, I feel like, and for the ladies. Yeah. So. No, but funny thing is that I didn't even know what was a transfusion drink, you know? So <laughs> I learned lots of things in this trip. Let's go. Um, that's why everybody should come on for the ladies' trips internationally or domestically. <laughs> come on over. Um, Kelly, go ahead. Um, this is so hard because the math. <laughs> The macaroni pie on the old course is just above all phenomenal. Um, I have a very ridiculous goal to eat a lot of hot dogs this summer. And so in preparation for this trip, I was Googling, do Scottish golf courses have halfway houses? And the answer was not clear at all. And then I was Googling what is the equivalent to a hot dog at the turn on a Scottish golf course? And it's like haggis or whatever. I'm like, I can't have haggis. It's just not my cup of tea. Um, so the sausage roll was above all one of the greatest things and just a very consistent item that was available. I remember at, I think it was uh, King's Barnes, there was a group the for the ladies group in front of my group and we're approaching the halfway house and they're screaming at me, get the sausage roll. I'm like, Oh gosh, this is, this is a thing now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Love it. Ariel? Definitely the macaroni pie. Um, Something you don't get here. And it was still very portable, (laughs) very uh, walking friendly and um, really, really enjoyed that. I mean, I had my macaroni pie in one hand, my beer in the other, and just carried you through the final, final nine. It was really nice. So good. Rebecca. Okay. So pies are definitely high. The sausage rolls elite. You can't beat it, but a steak and ale pie or like a steak and gravy pie is delicious. So is a scotch pie, which is just like ground meat, spiced ground meat. Um, but I also want to shout out to the courses that have soup at the halfway house. They give it to you in a coffee cup. Also a top situation. And uh, the Glen Eagles halfway house, you make a phone call, I think on the 10th tee. Um, which is really old school and fun. And then they have your food ready. And there's actually a mandated 10 minute stop at the halfway house there, which I found was so pleasant because then you didn't feel rushed and you could yeah. take the time, you know, use the facilities and, uh, and then move on. It was great. I love that. I think I saw a video of Krista on the phone and there was like a lot of commotion. I don't know if anyone was in her group, but that made me laugh. <laughs> um, well. I also wanted to ask, I know that Rebecca is wearing a King's Barn shirt. I need to know what everybody's favorite merch was that they picked up on the trip. So Kelly, I'm going to start with you. I, I went a little nuts at King's Barns because my, my name is Kelly starts with the K. So I'm like, I'm going to get everything that has a K on it. Um, but I think my favorite piece was and I saved it for the last day because I wasn't sure if I was going to get on the old course but in the pro shop they have uh, Jay Lindbergh apparel and I've always had my eyes on something from them but never really wanted to like spend that much for something Um, but I figured if I'm going to play the old course I'm going to get a shirt with the old course logo on it so that's that's definitely going to stay in my possession for the rest of my life that's my favorite shirt love it how about you Lindsay uh, for me, I got um, my favorite pieces, I think, at Dumbarney. Uh, I got a colorful floral shirt that I'm really obsessed with. And then I got a new head cover. And again, it's like a colors of their um, logo. So it was a really nice um, addition to the bag. Amazing. Um, how about you, Snowy? So I had also a flower, uh, like a f- um, print printed pullover in the old course. And then like, I was thinking about gifts for the family. So I got this scorecard holder for my brother in, where was that? In Carnoustie. And he really liked it. So Oh, I, I love it. Um, how about you, Rebecca? Uh, well, I got this King's Barnes hoodie from Grayson at King's Barnes that I love. And also a uh, zero restriction kind of a lightweight vest. I didn't really realize the the beauty of a lightweight wind vest uh, until I was in Scotland, but I got that at the, uh, the old course shop and it's, it's beautiful. Nice. How about you, Ariel? Uh, I'm going to be a little bit disappointing. I really didn't go too hard in the pro shops. Um, yeah. I got a towel from the old course, but for me, honestly, um, 
every single course there gives you like a tea gift, which they don't really do here. So it was kind of nice to have that keepsake right away. It's a great little, you know, thing to shove in your golf bag. Um, but it came with ball markers, a pitch mark repair, you know, tees, all that sort of stuff. And then we actually did get a really nice scorecard holder from one course. I can't remember which one, Um, but those kind of did it for me. And I was very cognizant of the fact that when I came here, my bag was already like 51 pounds. So I was like, I better love it or I'm not getting it. Yeah. No, that's great. I, um, Sarah had told me about that. And I think that's so unique that everywhere you go, you got this little like keepsake. Um, so I love that concept. Um, Sarah brought me back a hat from Carnoustie with my name on it, which was very kind. And um, some ball markers from Kings Barn. And then, of course, a flag from all of you um, from the old course. So I, I felt like I was there. So thank you, guys. Um, well, my last question is just what advice would you give to somebody who is going to go on this trip, um, you know, whether they're going with a group or they're just going with a friend, um, what is something that you would, that you would tell them about going? Um, I'm sure you may need a minute to think about it. So if anybody is ready, feel free to just raise your hand. Okay. Go ahead, Lindsay. All right. I would say do it. Um, I think I was a little nervous about it just with the cost. And I personally didn't think I was good enough to go on the trip, which uh, everyone reassured me that that was not, uh, I was crazy. Um, But basically I would say just do it. It was so much fun. Really loved it. Loved being out there. And um, I guess another recommendation, we already shouted him out, but you should hire Robbie as your bus driver. I know we need to get Robbie's. I mean, I'm sure you guys have Robbie's contact, but in case anybody asks. <laughs> um, okay, Kelly, go ahead. Just to echo Lindsay, just do it. Regardless of how many years experience of golf you have, the people that you meet in St. Andrews or any of the courses that you might visit near St. Andrews, they're just so welcoming. They're so understanding of everybody's golf game, especially the caddies. Um, I mean, it's an experience like no other. I remember walking through, walking the old course on Saturday, just there were rainbows. It had rained at one point. I'm, I have a tenant in my hand, the macaroni pie in one hand. I'm like, this is just an absolute dream. Like I could be playing better maybe, but I am having the time of my life. And that's really, that. that's what, that's what matters there. I love it. Snowy, go ahead. So I would say, don't be afraid to, uh, to ask people that already has been there for advice. So in my case, I have lots of friends that already were there and the list of um, courses, like more of also more affordable courses. That's something I want to go like back and do, you know, these not as well-known courses. Actually, one of my free days, I went to visit one, which is called Ely. The town was amazing and the course looked look really neat um, restaurants so don't be afraid because um, they also you know it was their first time there they have we also have now long list so every like anyone who wants to go please reach reach to us because it's really helpful and I want to shout out the no laying up guys I texted them and they came to me with really nice recommendations that we put into place so that's what I would say as well that's amazing. Thanks, no laying up. Um, Ariel, do you, what, what would your piece of advice be? 
also don't, don't let, um, just go, but don't let, you know, any preconceived notions about your game or what the expectations are. Don't let that deter you. Um, you know, we were all ages, all abilities from all different walks of life. And we couldn't have had a better group of 17 women who every single night after our rounds, we wound up, you know, either shutting down the pub downstairs or at least having one or two pints and just, you know, people were shocked that we hadn't known each other for years. And I think separate from the golf, that's what we're there for. And, you know, it kind of is interesting because it goes along with for the ladies, but for all it, you really kind of get that sense that golf is for everyone over there. Um, and that's just a way kind of different mentality, depending on where you are from um, being in the United States. But it was just so refreshing to be out there um, and feeling like it really was a sport for everyone. So that was that was it. Just go and just do it. Go ahead, News. Yeah, I just wanted to add, like, even if you're a beginner or a skilled golfer. So my case, I think it was a little like slightly different. Because like I competed like my whole life and I wasn't having fun recently playing golf. And for me, like this trip was like having fun again, you know, in a golf course. And I, you know, I did it with this amazing group of people. So I highly encourage like, the, you know, like you can be like a beginner. You maybe have been playing golf for two years or 20, but it's an unparalleled experience. And, you know, this group of, group of ladies made it extra special. Yeah, I think that's what I would say I'm most appreciative of, of, of all is just like how open-minded all of you were going into it. And then, you know, just to see it come to fruition, like like Ariel was saying, like I would have assumed that you guys were all friends. Um, and it was really just like beautiful to see that you guys all had a good time and you enjoyed each other's company. And I feel like that really enriched the experience. So Thank you all so much for all of your input and advice. This, I hope, is very helpful to somebody going on a trip to Scotland in the future. I hope it's something I will listen to before I make my first trek to Scotland. And uh, hopefully we will be back someday. 